I'm Damian Johnson. I'm AJ Atkinson. I'm Fairbanks Ray Jr. And welcome to the DPT Expedition. We are current physical therapy students in Boston. Discussing our real life experiences and perspectives in a real, unedited fashion. Welcome back to another episode of the DPT Expedition. I am one of your co-hosts, AJ Atkinson. Of course, always joined by my other co-hosts, Damian and Fairmang. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? What's up? What's up? Hey, what's up, AJ? I'm much chilling. Um, now, we know uh, historically, <laughs> February has been Black History Month. We will get into that later, why it's only the shortest month. I mean, something some funny about that. But of course, as black physical, future black physical therapists, we would uh, only be right to talk a little bit about some of the historical figures that have done things to help black people in the field of physical therapy. So this episode, we'll be going into a short brief synopsis of a couple people um, and also talking about the importance of representation um, you know, during this month, it's very important to reflect on, um, you know, the importance and gravitas of being black in America. So uh, we'll go forward with it and this should be a good episode. So uh, I'll shoot it to either one of you guys, whoever you want to start with first. Let's go into some of these historical figures. Yeah, I don't mind starting. All right. So um, the person of my choice is Dr. Mary Louise McKinney Edmonds. Um, and so I'm going to go into like who she is and then what's her impact on the profession of physical therapy. So who is she? Um, she was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Dr. Edmonds enrolled in Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and she earned a bachelor's degree in biology. But not only that, she was um, she graduated as Valen Victorian of her class in uh, 1953. Um, after that, Dr. Edmonds went to University of Wisconsin Madison to complete her first graduate uh, graduate degree in physical therapy. Now, keep in mind, this was way before the profession required post undergrad education. It was still a bachelor's degree. So now again, into like, what's her impact on uh, physical therapy? So after 20 years of practicing physical therapy, Dr. Edmonds was named as the founding director of Cleveland State University's uh, physical therapy program in 1972. So whoever is in that physical therapy program, you definitely owe it to her. Um, under Dr. Edmonds' leadership, Cleveland State University developed a reputation for exceptional research and clinical opportunities. Um, so here's a fun fact many of, so here's a fun fact many people don't know. Um, a lot of her students were actually first generation um, college students, which um, I could definitely relate to because I'm also a first generation um, college student as well. Um, she was passionate about addressing the healthcare disparities that we um, so commonly know of today. Um, these, these healthcare disparities that she was addressing um, affected the underserved communities through education. And through her efforts, uh, Dr. Edmonds rose to become the chairman of the Department of Health Science at Cleveland State University for several years before leaving to become Dean of the Department of Health and Community Sciences at Bowling Green State University 
1981. Um, this made her the first African-American dean in Bowling Green's history, which is crazy. Um, after that, Dr. Evans left Bowling Green State University for Stanford U University in 1992. Shout out to 1992, that's when I was born, um, where she would rise from vice president for student resources to vice uh, provost and dean of student affairs, making her the highest ranking African-American administrator in Stanford's history. That's crazy. What do you have to think about that? She was very accomplished. And I'm just trying to put myself in, in these times, like back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, when it was really hard to try and do something other than you know, what was expected of a Black person at that time, at that moment in time, and to be able to rise in the ranks of academia and can't even imagine the kind of trials and tribulations that we don't even know about, people don't even know about that she went through. So I just always, you know, marvel at the determination and the, and the grit and the resilience to be able to, to push through all the, the hard times and see it to where you become one of the the first the Af one of the first african-american deans at a, at a college so i always like love hearing stuff like this and always wonder about thinking how i we got it hard or i got it hard when it was way harder for people going like like back in, in those times so i always you know, love to hear that and, and pay my respects yeah um <laughs> man you hit it right on the head whenever i hear these type of stories especially um in the profession we're trying to do it's kind of like a slice of humble pie, almost like I feel gratitude because of like Meng saying, all the problems I think I have and issues I have going to try and pursue this career. Um, I can only imagine how it was back then. I mean, don't get me wrong, we still have some of the same issues, but not nearly as upfront and outright. Um, so to be so accomplished and do it, um, you know, through such adversity, it's just, you know, it makes me feel grateful because these are not only people who are historically great in our profession, but they're trailblazers because this, um, you know, this wasn't something that they had examples of doing beforehand. So they kind of just, you know, created these lanes, which, you know, so many of us are now following. And so those are kind of the thoughts I had when you were saying that. Um, appreciate that, Dane. Well, you have anything you want to say about that? No, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, um, it's pretty inspiring because, um, we have to work, us right here, we have to work twice as hard just to be where we're at today. But I can't imagine like how hard she had to work to, to make history as first African-American dean in Bowling Green State. And then, you know, the highest African, uh, highest ranking African-American in Stanford's history. So like kudos to her. Yeah, um, major shout outs. That's, <laughs> that's just an amazing accomplishment just to think about it, just saying it out loud. But, um, yeah, I don't want to dive too deep into this because I know Meng has someone you would like to highlight as well. So I'll shoot it over to Meng. Um, who you, who you shining the spotlight on right now? I hope I can I can do it do him justice. But the man I want to highlight, he is an Olympian, known as an ultra marathon pioneer. He was a professor and a physical therapist. So this man is Mr. Theodore Corbett. Um, he was born in 1919, and he was a very accomplished track and field athlete. And when he was allowed to complete, compete, he'd do very, very well. 
but sometimes he wouldn't be able to compete because other competitors didn't want to compete with him. So when he was able to compete, he, he was a track star, track superstar. But he ended up um, serving in World War II and, and in the Army and used the GI Bill to get his graduate, uh, his master's in, in PT from NYU. And once he got his PT, he later became a professor at NYU and was teaching for 20 years. And while he was at NYU, he was, uh, while he was a professor, he was like one of the first to teach students about connective tissue massage, PNF, progressive resistance exercise and applied kinesiology, which is some of the things that we still use today. So he was kind of one of the trailblazers for in, in terms of like treatment and interventions. And he was a big runner. So he, he started early and kept it going throughout his years. He complete, competed in the 1952 Olympics. Um, he was the first African-American to represent the US as a marathon runner, which was unheard of. Um, and he, my fun fact, since Dan brought up fun facts, he, compete, he completed 22 Boston marathons and he finished his last one at age 55. So he's just, just a runner. That, that's why he, he loves to do, loves to run, loves to teach. Um, and he stayed involved in, in many running organizations and he played a big role in getting races certified and making sure there were proper distances and getting ways to um, measure the, um, the race distances. So he was a big trailblazer, kind of helped lead the way to kind of some of the things that we're doing today and kind of brought his love for running and teaching and physical therapy to the next generation has just been trickling down um, over the years. So. That's, this is who I decided to highlight. Wow, that's that's crazy. Because he literally, um, he doesn't get enough credit because um, some of the interventions that we're using today, you know, um, we don't talk about like the history of like where it came from. We just know what it is and what we do with it. But I think we should highlight, you know, the history. And, you know, I'm so glad to hear that, you know, it's from an African-American such as himself that establishes and uh, a Boston Marathon at 55. I, I couldn't even do one at my age, so. <laughs> Which everyone now knows because you, you said when you were born, so. Oh boy. No, um, I was gonna say that's amazing. First of all, that he was able to represent the America, um, United States of America in the Olympics at that time. Um, Cause you know how people were treated during that time. It's just crazy. Um, and he had so many hats, the fact that he, he did all those things on top of being a physical therapist. And, you know, I always thought about this. I was like a top notch athlete, but also knew about my body as well as physical therapists know, like, I wonder what that would do for my career. So it's kind of interesting to know that he was such a great marathon runner. It's also a PT. It's like almost, you know, having a cheat code to the system. But uh, yeah, that. <laughs> I think it was interesting as well as just inspiring because, I mean, I think I, I have it rough. I'm like, I can't even, you know, have a job at the same time as doing PT school. And this man is <laughs> out here training for the Olympics. So it's like, so uh, I just, yeah, that guy just sounds awesome. Absolutely a cheat code. And I think, um, you know, I, again, just like it's, it's, to understand the kind of struggles that we have no idea the kind of struggles that he went through and finding like information about this guy. I had to kind of like dig a little bit and I was like, 
whoa, like I, I've never heard of this guy before, before a couple of days ago. And I was like, why? Kind of like what Dame said, like we don't really highlight any of this stuff and we're using some of the stuff that he kind of pioneered and, and teaches today. So uh, I, I found it like really cool to like learn about and, and get more information on, but it's also like, why don't we have, why don't we, why don't, why are we just now finding out about these people? He's incredible people. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, um, let me not take too much time. AJ, AJ, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, I'm not going to take too much time either. I decided to, you know, go with another historical person. Um, and I specifically chose a black female. Um, and I'll talk about this later as far as representation, because you don't see a lot of black female physical therapists nowadays. Um, and to know that this lady was out here being one of the first um, is inspiring to me. Um, so I wanted to shed a little enlight on her. Um, the person I chose to look into, her name is Thelma Brown Pendleton. Um, she was born in 1911, January 30th in Rome, Georgia. So, you know, <laughs> not the best time. Um, I'll just give a little synopsis and talk about her education as well. Um, Surprisingly, she was the fifth African-American physical therapist in the U.S., flat out, fifth one. Um, she began her career as a nurse in 1931, so at the age of 20. Um, and although, you know, she wanted to be a PT, like Damon Meng, you just said, like up until the mid-1940s, um, Black people were not allowed to, you know, join PT programs. So uh, once, you know, that was eradicated, she was able to um, become a physical therapy student at Northwestern University. Um, and then she graduated in 1946, I believe. Um, and she founded and headed the PT program at Provident Hospital of Cook Country, or County, sorry. And the interesting thing about this, I looked it up. Um, this was the first African-American owned and operated hospital in America. Like, that's just amazing. Um, she went on to work as a consultant and then director of United Cerebral Palsy of Greater Chicago's Piper's Portal Schools. So she was really into cerebral palsy and everything, of course, with her background as, um, as a nurse. Um, and then later she went um, on to have a career and became the director of physical therapy services at the La, uh, La Robita Children's Hospital and Research Center in Chicago. Kind of butchered that, but um, yeah, she became the director there. Um, she was also a clinical supervisor throughout career um, in physical therapy programming at Northwestern University Medical School. So she is very big in that area of Chicago. Um, as far as some, I don't know if these are really interesting facts, but I thought I'd look at her education a little bit too. Um, of course, she was a pediatric nurse. Um, she was a chief physical therapist at the Providence Hospital in Chicago. Um, she was a director of physical therapy at the Children's Hospital that I just talked about. Um, she was a member of the Joint National Community for Joint Orthopedic Nursing and Advisory Superior Vena Cava Syndrome. Um, very interesting there. And the most interesting thing I saw is that she was a lecturer for the Japanese Service Commission on Cere um, Cerebral Palsy. Now, think about the times and who you know around then that would be a Black lecturer for a Japanese committee on Cerebral Palsy. That's just, that just blew my mind when I read that. Um, so... Yeah, that was Thelma Pendleton. She's a fantastic woman that I got the chance to actually understand and read a little bit more about. Um, but I just wanted to highlight her a little bit. Um, 
because you know that kind of stuck out to me as she was the fifth physical therapist ever in the United States. Um, and so I wanted to find out more about her, but I don't hear you guys' thoughts on what I just told you. It's uh, it's nice to to hear because I was actually about to do my highlight on her also, and then I found I because I saw her um. I saw a post by NABPT on her highlighting uh, Miss Pendleton. And I was yeah, like, shout out NABPT. They uh, they do a great job highlighting Black physical therapists as well. Y'all get a chance to check out their page. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I was that's where I was like, oh, I've never heard of her either. So let me we we talked about you know picking a topic and and our picking a person to highlight, and that was gonna be my person. And then AJ. So I'm glad you was able to um, to highlight her and, and kind of tell people or tell us and tell people what she's been able to accomplish. Lecturing to uh, people about cerebral palsy is is wild, <laughs> especially, you know, it's it's a it's 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 a complicated cerebral palsy is very complicated and it affects a lot of people. And to, to be considered one of the those top people to to be informed about it and educate other people about it is incredible so just goes to show her work ethic and and what she and how knowledgeable she was about the subject that people like like were able to overlook the fact that she may not look like the people that are in that conference but knows her stuff and is able to deliver that information so incredible so i just want to clarify she was the fifth physical therapist or the fifth like african-american uh, physical therapist it's african-american physical therapist because like i was saying before before 1940 black people weren't allowed to enter pt programs so there are white physical therapists already but once they opened it she became the fifth one to graduate you know as a physical therapy student i think i think that's so amazing and like it shows like how much she has to she had to endure um one you know she she was already a nurse so she was already like highly educated and then she became a physical therapist but for like people from like japanese people to reach out to her to lecture for a lecture like people had to recognize like how educated she was on that topic of, of cerebral palsy like that's crazy yeah i thought it was amazing as well um it's just you know it goes to show like it's it's amazing what people can do with very little because you know resources back then couldn't have been as they are now so to be able to you know be that well versed to become you know one of the top people to talk and have such an impact in the area of chicago and like that that's just that's amazing um but i want to appreciate and thank you guys for sharing so much of uh these historical figures of course we only had a small percentage of like things and uh, people we could talk about. So um, we just wanted to highlight a couple of them. But um, also wanted to get you guys' opinion on this. We kind of talked about it on the show um, several times before, but we mentioned before we started recording, um, you know, this information, although we do do our research because we are students, it wasn't so easy to come by. Um, there were difficulties finding and receiving it, which I found problematic myself. Um, given that it is Black History Month and these things should be pertinent and out and about and shown everywhere. So um, I wanted to get on the topic of representation again. Um, like I told you, I specifically chose a Black female because I think Black women are one of the strongest people on the planet. 
and it just goes to show what they can do. Um, and I'll, I'll always stress, you know, young people, when they see things uh, at a certain age, they start to develop ideas of what they can be. And given that we still have under, I think it's under 10 or 11% right now, of physical therapists are African-American. Um, it's under 5%. Oof, I was trying to make it sound good. Okay. Under 5% are African-American. Um, we need much more representation. So I just wanted to get you guys, I know I've, we've gone over this so many times, but it can't be stated enough, um, especially in this time of black history and uh, you know us achieving physical therapy dreams. How is representation important as it uh, compares to historically what we just discussed? So I think um, as African-Americans, we're, we're ever so often um, celebrated for our accomplishment in the entertainment industry. So let's say sports, movies, um, even music. And so I think representation is very important when it comes to STEM, science, technology, and mathematics. You know what I'm saying? Um, far too often, as and it's kind of like it's kind of double-sided because there is systemic reasons why we're not in those fields but i will also say that we have to take some of the blame because we often don't look we often don't think it's cool to be that student pursuing you know our um higher education and stuff like that um so i i will say that it's kind of double-sided but there is um systemic reasons why we're not in those fields so i think representation is important because we have to inspire those who are not um doing those kind of entertainment fields such as you know music sports movies you know that there's another route to success and fame and it's through your head yeah, I mean, there, there's more ways to success than just being able to put the ball in the basket or score touchdowns or make make music. Um, and I think, you know, I think representation is important because it allows kids, adults to see what is possible and, and what you're capable of doing and the impact you're able to have. Um, I, I think for me, I remember before I decided I wanted to be a PT, um, I've always been big into FBI and um, like detective stuff and criminal minds and law or SVU are always my this type of shows I'm watching. And we had a career there at school and an FBI agent came in and he got me hooked, but he was he was a black guy in the FBI. And I've never seen that. You don't see that in the TV shows. You don't see that in you know anything. So I was like, oh. Like, I didn't realize how important it was to me to see somebody that was where I wanted to be until that day. And then um, once I realized that PT was for the route I wanted to go, Greg Todd was the first black physical therapist that I seen. I'd never, I had, at that time I hadn't met the guy, but I seen, you know, he was very successful in the PT world. He's able to take care of a lot of people, um, whether he's treating them or teaching them how to, you know, win in business and, and use leverage PT to, to win. And, and I, I just, for me, just being able to see what is possible and then it allows me to dream. And by me being able to dream that I can help other people who are coming below me, whether it's like my little brother, 
his friends, you know, the people under like our love, our family, like the people that are younger than me, they can see what I'm doing in life. All right, let me, not that you're trying to like one up and it's a competition, but just, you know, you want to be like, you want more success for the next generation to come after you. So I think that, that if they can see that, you know, hopefully when it's all said and done, you know, we can all look back and be like, yeah, we kind of, kind of blaze the path, but, and showed people an, a route, an option. You don't have to follow us exactly, but, you know, the principle still sells the same. You know, you got to have a dream. You got to have a vision. You got to grind. You got to support, uh, have the right people around you to support you. Because if you're around people who are like, are lames, then you're going to be a lame. <laughs> like, straight up, <laughs> straight up. But if you're around other people who are um, motivated and determined and want the best out of their life, then that's what you're going to, you're going to have to adjust to that. So um, that's, I think that's why representation is, is super important, no matter what you're trying to go into. Hey man, you have people question themselves like, am I the lame in my friend group? <laughs> but uh, it's all seriousness. Um, I couldn't agree more with what both of you said. Like, damn, I completely agree. It's systemic. I know growing up, I was made fun of for liking math and science, not, you know, rocking the, the latest fashion or, you know, um, not joining every single sports team. Um, and it's systemic because we've ingrained it in our, our minds and our parents and forefathers and all that, that the only way to succeed as a black person is through entertainment because we're entertainment to other people. Um, so it's great to get representation to combat that system um in any way shape or form um and also like you said man seeing uh is such a big motivator um when you see someone that looks like you in a position uh that you don't think you can achieve it starts to you know plant that seed um and i think you know historically we have like we were talking about these people who have been trailblazers um for our profession and that type of thing um it's important for young black men and women to see you know, there's a possibility of different type of success. And once you have success in a higher level, um, you start to create levels for other people. Like I, I spoke on our a previous episode, as long as we can say like, after what we're doing here has sparked the next great mind or sparked, you know, an idea or motivated someone, I feel like we're being successful. Um, so I think representation in that sense and for you know historically is uh, it's great because in a like Dame saying in a system where we're we're told we shouldn't or can't fit in with that type of status quo it's always great to see those who um you know are outliers those people who show that hey it's it's available for anyone so um i'm glad that we did this and we're able to you know discuss this a little bit um and also i wanted to just plug something else um, even though February is the shortest month and they made it Black History Month on purpose, don't ever be fooled and think it wasn't on purpose. Um, don't limit yourself to understanding or questioning or researching only in this month. Um, like when you're in school, you study history year, year long, do the same thing with Black history. Um, it's so vital to our country. It's the foundation of so much that we rely on. Um, so I just want to please stress that to anyone who's listening um, and even to myself, are still things I want to learn. Um, don't limit yourself to just this month. Um, make it a continued education, 
no pun intended for pizza. But uh, yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all we have for today. Um, fellas, do you have anything you want to add in before we close it out? Uh, sure. Um, it's, nah, <laughs> I was going to say it's nice to be uh, part of the 5%, but <laughs> let me show. Uh, be inspired. Become one of us. Become a physical therapist. That's all. But make sure it's something that you want to do. Don't just do it just because Damien tells you to become a physical therapist. <laughs> Follow the thing that you want to do and you, you are passionate about and you feel like no matter if it gets hard, you're going to want to wake up every day and do it. And that's... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, AJ, I'll throw it back to you. Man, y'all are funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically what they were saying is follow your dreams. Don't don't let anything stop you. Um, if you want to be a therapist, that's cool. If not, you know, do it. Do what makes you happy. Um, but yeah, this has been a great episode of the DPT Expedition, looking at Black history and historical figures. Um, please stay tuned for more episodes coming up. Um, if you have comments, questions, or suggestions, hit us up on Instagram. Um, leave comments under post. Um, we'll try and answer them as best as we can. Um, we enjoy doing this and we continue uh, to have success with this. So thank you for listening. And as always, um, stay motivated. All right. Peace, everyone. Thank you for listening and joining us. Please check us out on Instagram at the DPT Expedition and your favorite podcast streaming platform. Keep tuning in and we will see you next time.